Welcome to the FitFig Podcast. I'm your host, Steph Figarelli, co-owner of Figarelli's Fitness LLC in Anchorage, Alaska. If you listened to my last podcast episode, I shared a story about how I was headed to Maui, Hawaii, last earlier this month, and um, to get my rescue diver scuba certification, and how this goal had been on my list for something like eight years, I think. And I just decided it was time to get it done. And just to kind of clarify some things about that particular certification. So as you're accumulating experiences and credentials toward um, your dive master certification, there are specific steps you have to take. And one of the courses that you must have is the rescue diver certification. So eventually I'd like to become a dive master which will enable me to work as basically, you know, as a scuba, not necessarily an instructor, um, although that could be an option if I wanted to go that route. But I could take groups of people out on tours, things like that. So there are some instructional components to that, but I wouldn't be teaching other people necessarily. Um, but who, who knows? Maybe I would. Anyway, one of the criteria is you have to have this rescue diver certification and you have to know how to help somebody who is in distress in the water. So I'm not going to be joining some sort of (laughs) Coast Guard rescue where I'm jumping out of helicopters or finding, you know, possible lost people in the ocean. Um, It's just something to make me feel more comfortable and confident in the water in case something goes wrong, or I can lend a hand if something happens to somebody else who is not in my group. Um, I think having a lot of competence in the water is just such a valuable skill. And uh, I've always been very comfortable in water. Thankfully, my mom got me into swimming when I was young, very young, like baby young. And uh, I've always felt like, It's a second home to me. So the ocean doesn't intimidate me. In fact, if anything, much like the mountains, it reinvigorates me and I feel at home in the water. And I'm grateful for that because I know a lot of people have fear of the water. And when I've discussed scuba diving with people, they're like, "Ah, I would never do that. And what I want to talk about today is embracing the discomfort or the uncertainty around being okay sucking at something. And I want to share a little bit about my experience. This episode will be short, but I wanted to just share some ideas and some thoughts since this experience is very fresh. I just got home. I don't know. It's been a week or so, but don't be afraid to suck at something new. I don't get to scuba dive nearly as often as I wish I could. Uh, Lots of people ask me, do you scuba dive in Alaska? No, the answer is absolutely not. Not to say, I I don't want to say never. I have no interest in dry suit certifications. It's a whole different experience. I got into scuba diving so I would have an excuse to travel out of the country to tropical places, not even necessarily out of the country, but to tropical destinations where I would maybe... Uh, be wearing a full wetsuit, but not a dry suit. So when you wear a wetsuit, you still get wet, but you stay warm because you're wearing this neoprene suit that holds some water between your skin and the neoprene. 
and it warms that water. And so you, you don't get as cold as you otherwise would had you not been wearing that suit. Now, a dry suit means I don't ever get wet and you stay much warmer, but they're necessary for cold scuba diving, cold water scuba diving, uh, which is all we have in Alaska. I am not interested in that. Now, if you're a cold water scuba diver and you have just amazing experiences with it, I would love to hear your perspective because I know there are probably really cool things to see, but nothing I've heard has sold me on it and... I just don't really have very much interest in it. So all that being said, I just got certified to scuba dive so I could travel to tropical destinations and have something interesting to do, take on a new hobby. But unfortunately, I just don't get to go as often as I wish that I could. And so when you don't practice a skill, you don't stay competent. And as you're you know, all the skills I just learned as they kind of fade away from my memory. Um, you know, I, I want to make sure that I stay up on this skill set. But anyway, the whole experience was awesome. I worked with Maui Dreams in Maui. And I visited Maui. I think this was my sixth trip there. Um, I've always really enjoyed visiting Maui. And uh, I have a lot of fond experiences diving there. This particular organization, Maui Dreams, it's a company I've never worked with, but I highly recommend them if you are going to scuba dive in Maui. Um, They're very professional. My instructor, her name is Maddie. She was amazing and I couldn't have had a better experience. So what I really just want to reiterate is you can't be afraid to suck at something new because scuba diving isn't something I get to do often. I kind of suck at it and I'm okay with that. I One gift that comes with getting older is that you are so much less critical of yourself because you realize, I don't really know what I've, what I've realized about that. <laughs> But you realize like a lot of shit just doesn't matter when you're young, you know, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to perform. I was a horrible test taker as a kid. Um, Academically, I did fine, but I was not an an A student by any means. I had to work really hard for my grades. And so good grades. Uh, And with that came this release of, I don't know, I say release of pressure because I kind of had, you know, middle fingers to the sky for a little bit. But there was also... Um, I don't know, maybe an underlying desire to do well and keep up with my peers and academically perform very well. And I had definitely had moments in time where I was academically excelling and, you know, I had to work really hard at that. It had to be my sole focus. I couldn't have an awesome social life and do very well in school. Uh, Something had to go. And I really enjoyed my social life. So academics just kind of went to the wayside. So now getting back into scuba diving and now having to perform a little bit under pressure, uh, definitely stressful. Now, uh, this isn't like a Navy SEAL type of a program. (laughs) Uh, I felt very safe. I wasn't, we definitely went, uh, we were in the water the entire, uh, well, not the entire time. So the first day was classroom stuff pretty, uh, pretty simple book work going over some things that we had, um, 
learned in the e-learning part of the program, which was all completed weeks before I even arrived in Maui. Uh, Several hours of that, um, I want to say it was like 10 hours, maybe less. I can't remember exactly how long it took me, but it was a lot. I mean, it's, it's going over every single thing that we ended up doing in the water. Um, and you take little tests and then you take one big exam. And then when you arrive in Maui, you take another kind of refresher quiz. Um, and everything is just going off of memory. So I actually wish I would have taken or studied like the week before I left. So all of that information was fresh in my mind because I think I was three weeks before we left. And some of that information had just gone out of my brain and, uh, you know, it didn't work against me, I don't think, but it definitely would have been nice to have it really fresh. So I learned how to administer oxygen on the first day um, to a diver in who may need that. That was interesting. Um, and so then the next day we were in the water for six hours and we learned how to use a compass, which was super interesting. So if you were searching for something or you were searching for a missing diver, There's uh, different patterns that you can use under the water while using a compass. And there's a very specific way that you hold the compass, which was tricky. And you're counting your your kicks in the water. So every time you do, you know, a foot each fin kick or fin stroke, you're counting that. So depending on the um, area of search uh, that you're searching, you would kind of like... decide how many kicks that you're going to do in these different directions and different shapes, squares, U patterns. Very interesting. Um, and I had a lot of questions. That was what another benefit of being older and taking courses and pushing yourself to continue learning is that you have really great questions. I'm sure, I don't know that my instructor thought they were great questions, but <laughs> I, I had this burning desire to understand. And I liked that about this experience because as a kid, I was always in the back of the classroom trying not to draw any attention to myself. And I never asked questions. I was not the kid who raised their hand. I didn't want the teacher to to even talk to me. And I liked that as you get older, you have that confidence and you can be more bold. And I was genuinely interested in learning. So I had a lot of questions. So that second day was was a lot. Um, we were exhausted by all of us by the end of it. Um, it was myself, the instructor, Maddie, and then um, another guy in our group, Devin. And then uh, the instructor had a helper. Her name was Laura. So it was the four of us just hanging out all day. And Leela was there. She'd taken photos from the beach. She got some awesome, awesome photos for us to commemorate the course. And it was awesome. So good times. Um, the next day was going to be our third and final day, but we got up and met at the beach at 7 a.m. and the conditions were not great. So it was stormy, uh, pretty, pretty dark and cloudy, raining. And our instructor decided that it was not going to be a good day to do any of the things we needed to do. And I think she called it appropriately. Um, You know, I'm down for anything. I'm coming from Anchorage, Alaska, or weather. You kind of have to just get out in it uh, if you're going to live, because you never know when you're going to see another sunny day. And, uh, but she, you know, she had some definite concerns about murky water, especially early in the morning, um, low visibility. And we really needed to have decent visibility because we were going to do a search 
for a missing diver that day and practice our compass skills and demonstrate that we were competent and that we actually knew what we were doing. Uh, We were also hauling um, our diver out of the water. So we're kind of in and out, in and out. And there was a lot of action happening. And she decided to cancel the class. Thankfully, I was going to be there another couple of days. And um, she decided to cancel the class that day. We took the day off, just kind of hung out around. I don't know. I think we went shopping and just hung out at different beaches and relaxed. And then the next day, that was our final day. And, um, you know, we're, we're doing things like giving practicing, giving rescue breaths in the water. Obviously, you wouldn't do chest compressions while your injured diver uh, is in the water. Uh, that would be something that you would do CPR that you would do as you haul them out onto the shore and, uh, you know, whatever the circumstances were, you would administer that specific care once they're out of the water. But there was all kinds of interesting things we had to do, learning to take off our BCDs, uh, the injured divers BCD while administering, um, rescue breaths, towing them out of the water, doing it alone, then doing it with a partner. So if you had somebody there, obviously life would be much easier. Uh, So just preparing you to deal with stressful situations, emergencies. And I found all of it super interesting. I loved it. Uh, I remember as a kid sitting through courses and classes and finding myself getting incredibly bored. And that happens still. I'm not always the most entertained individual you know, at a seminar or something like I'll find myself, I'll get on my phone and, you know, distract myself if I'm getting a little bit bored. But this, I wasn't bored at all. I, I actually wished it would have gone on maybe even a little bit longer, like our days were longer and possibly even an additional day because I wanted to just keep practicing all of the skills. They were interesting to me. And just going back to not being afraid of sucking at something new, I sucked. Like I I had trouble with the compass. I had, and my instructor was so patient and I appreciated that because I've taken many, not many, but I've taken my open water scuba course, which is your first certification. I've taken advanced open water, which is your second one. I've taken nitrox, which allows you to dive with nitrox, um, air. And I've had instructors that were apathetic impatient. My first instructor in Thailand was a perfect example of the instructor that you do not want. Incredibly impatient. So I had a little bit of like memory of that and possibly even a little bit of anxiety thinking about that first initial uh, certification. And there weren't, there's not a lot of pressure in that one. You know, you have to demonstrate that you're not going to drown you have to, you know, like you can swim. You're you're a strong strong enough swimmer. And there are a couple little things you had to do, but that was so long ago. I was certified in 2009, uh, so a long time ago. Um, in this case, I had to perform. I had to demonstrate that I could actually be somebody who could offer help and also save myself. Like, I'm not a liability. I'm not going to panic. And at one point during um, when we were underwater... And Maddie was my partner. We, she was out of air. So she was signaling to me that she had run out of air. In which case I have uh, an octopus, what we call it. It's yellow. 
and it is a, a second air source. So it's an alternate alternate air source. So I have my main one in my mouth, my regulator, where I'm breathing my my air from my tank. And if a diver were to approach me, um, I would, and they were out of air, I would offer them my alternate air source, my octopus, and we just hang out, kind of brace one another, hold on to one another, and we eventually we surface obviously because they we're going to go through my air even faster now with two people breathing it so i did the wrong thing by having maddie get close to me because she was a panicked out of air diver in this scenario and the first thing she did was she ripped the regulator out of my mouth now she had just demonstrated to us how to deal with this situation and what I missed was that I didn't take my hand, my left hand, and cover my own regulator to protect my air source from having a panicked person yank it out of my mouth. Because maybe they didn't, maybe that's all they saw, so their brain thought, grab that air source. And when you're dealing with a panicked person, you're dealing with an irrational person, somebody who could actually kill you. Um, and... I made the mistake of forgetting to cover my regulator. Maddie pulled it out of my mouth. And this wasn't rehearsed. This wasn't anything she told me that she was going to do. And she did it aggressively. So it was realistic. And I just remember thinking like, whoa, like she pulled it out and I swallowed some air or some water. And I was like, oh shit, what do I do? Well, I'm about to offer her my second air source. Uh, which now thinking back what I probably should have done and she didn't really criticize, you know, she was very great, great about giving me feedback. Um, but I think what I could have done differently is pulled that second air source, put it in my own mouth and got myself, you know, breathing air again. And then maybe we could have exchanged it. But what I did was swallowed some water, totally startled. She's breathing my regulator looking nuts I take my octopus, I realize what's happened. I pull my second air source off my side and I offer it to her. And she kind of looks at me weird, like, oh, okay, I'll take that. And she gives me my regulator back. So now I'm able to breathe. I offer her that second air source. She's breathing, we're both breathing. Um, but because I had swallowed water and I'd been so startled, I needed to regain composure and start to breathe again and one of the best ways to clear your regulator is to forcefully blow into it so because otherwise you can when you're when you're moving these parts in and out of your mouth underwater they yeah, they get a little water in them and so then when you start breathing you swallow the water you inhale water if you've ever done that by you know in any way anywhere in any body of water especially salt water you know it's harsh like it goes down harsh it's in it's not in your nose because your mouth or your mask is covering your nose uh, but, you know, she could have grabbed my mask. She could have grabbed anything being panicked. And that would have elevated the situation to a whole new level of stress. And so my job was to maintain composure, calmly offer her that second air source. Uh, anyway, we traded. I was to demonstrate I'm calm. I'm, everything's okay. I got you. I'm holding her arm. I'm providing hand signals to, you know, reassure her to continue breathing. Everything's okay. You're good. And that was the end of the, the, the scenario. And I just thought, wow, I couldn't have been more grateful for her to 
act out a scenario as realistically as she possibly could because for a minute there, I thought about shooting to the surface. And that's one of the most dangerous things a diver can do. Now, we weren't very deep, wouldn't have been dangerous, um, but you want to maintain composure. And as I'm moving through each of these scenarios and I'm not getting things right off right away, it was it was so easy to get kind of frustrated like you know in my in my partner my buddy who was doing the, the thing too you know he wasn't perfect right off the bat I'm sure I didn't see everything he he did we're all human and we all miss things or don't understand something right away and those were practicing something obviously becomes a valuable uh, you know valuable skill a valuable thing to do and so I thought wow that this would be so cool to have this for like a week and just do all this cool stuff um but again, I'm not like a rescue person who's going to come and, you know, find missing bodies in the ocean or anything like that. This is just simply to make me a better, more skilled diver and also to get that next credential to move toward my dive master certification eventually. So awesome experience, really uh, a great reminder to continue learning. And, you know, whenever I think of stuff, I can't. I don't know that fear isn't the right word at all because I, I don't really, I can't really think of anything I'm afraid of. Um, I think what I, what I think about when I consider anxiety or apprehension or uncertainty around doing something, I really try to cultivate courage. And courage is acting in spite of fear. So you still, and fear, whatever with that word, you know, acting in spite of anxiety or apprehension. Um, that's what I think about. And, and I've shared this in many other podcast episodes. You've probably heard it a lot, but I hope that at some point it resonates. Just because you're feeling anxious about something doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Just because something is difficult doesn't mean you should quit. And it's, it's so easy to feel those feelings, those emotions and go, oh, well, this is so hard or, you know, I don't think I can do this or I suck at this because I felt that throughout those three days, I felt that quite often, the frustration of not immediately being good at something and the questioning of your capabilities and your, even your intelligence, like, you know, just ha having that ability to remain patient with yourself as you learn something new, to be a student, to be putty in someone else's hand. I, I just, I really wanted to absorb everything that I could. And I didn't have an ego about anything. In fact, I forgot, purposely pushed out everything I thought I knew. And I just wanted these people to help mold me because I trusted them. I could tell right away they were competent. They were great at what they did. I wanted to learn from them. And I did. I learned a lot and I feel so much better about my scuba diving now. I'm actually really, I'm disappointed that I didn't get in a, a, a real dive while we were there because the majority of the trip was devoted to, um, to this course. And then we had two long, you know, two full travel days on either, either end of the trip. So there really wasn't any time. So now I'm excited to go, to go and, uh, do a, you know, go, go dive somewhere and put some of these skills to the, to the test. 
And then now there's a lot I want to do with this. So it's got me thinking. And so if you're thinking about doing anything, something that you're a little bit anxious about, something that you're not sure about, don't be afraid to suck at something new. Go and do the thing. You're going to learn a lot and be open-minded. Don't show up thinking you know everything. You've got to let your guard down. You've got to let the thing in. You've got to let people in. You've got to be vulnerable. You've got to just put yourself out there. And just because you're feeling anxious or uncertain or something is difficult does not mean you should not do it. And it does not mean you should quit when it gets hard. It's the opposite. Keep going. This is what, this is how we learn and grow. And if we're not being challenged, we're, we may still be alive, but we're, we might as well, you, you know, just, I mean, you have to keep learning. You have to keep growing. And it doesn't happen when life is simple. It happens when you're faced with challenges because challenges are opportunities. Problems are opportunities. And as long as you're alive, none of that's ever going to go away. But you can elevate it by pursuing challenges or exciting things. And wherever you feel fear, that's the direction you need to go. Awesome experience. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you in the next one.